the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Crikey, as my Australian friends would say. I don't know if they say that, but it sounds fun. Take a look at the stock market today. We're up big. And I'd be like... I'd be like excited. I'd be excitable. I would be dancing if we just didn't go through the week we went through. Last week was a tough week on psychology. I didn't sell. I'm not poor. I didn't buy with a bad decision. Maybe my 401k, but that's every two weeks. Automatic kind of thing. It did get me thinking more and more about retirement. It did get me thinking more about, you know, what what it's like to go into retirement or be in retirement and see such a big drop. I hope that I don't have a lot of tech exposure when I'm retired. Or I hope that I don't have exposure to a lot of stocks that, you know, one year they're up 85% and the next year they're down 30%. That would freak me out. I get it. If I'm a young man going to the YMCA with my friends, I would be stoked about market pullbacks. We haven't really had a good one, and this feels like a good one. And then you're like, but we did have one in 2018 at the end. Yeah, we did. We do remember that. So they're more common than we remember, but we forget completely. They say that a woman, when she's giving birth to a child, that her body's hormones take over and pump her so full of craziness that she doesn't feel the pain or she doesn't remember the pain of childbirth like two or three days later. It's something about mother nature protecting the ability to let's do this again to make sure there's enough human beings on the planet. Now mother nature's probably saying too many, too many, stop, 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 slow down. But that's neither here nor there. So tough markets, volatile markets get me thinking about my retirement plan and what I would be doing in retirement. It's super important that you hear this. Before you retire and stop making money, your ability to make money can you know, offset any poor market conditions. You can write it out. If, you have your, if you're earning money, you're good. You're able to pay your bills. You're able to eat. You're able to say, I will come back and fight another day on, on ye old Wall Street. But before you retire, you should start thinking about, you know, um, what your portfolio looks like. So maybe around 50, 55, if you're going to retire 60, or maybe 55, if you're going to retire 65, somewhere around there, you need to start thinking, okay, for instance, I've got Qualcomm. That may be too much risk for me in five years from now. So I need to mark it as get rid of this over time, or let's give you my cray cray stock in retirement. So I prepare for my stocks to change and my allocations. I want to maintain three to six months of expenses for you know something safe. 
It's to be used as an emergency fund. I think emergency funds are overlooked. And I have a cash fund for rainy days on Wall Street. I'm stoked right now. I've slowly, as I'm approaching retirement, I've built you know, that three to six month emergency fund. That's going to change. You're still going to need an emergency fund, but you're also going to need to start building kind of a, a bucket of money tied towards your withdrawals, tied towards your budget. So if you're going to live on $150,000 a year, you need to get $300,000, somewhere in that ballpark in cash or a cash equivalent so that when you do retire your first three years, you don't have to worry about earning money because you're not. You're retired. You don't have to worry about the stock market hitting all-time highs because you got three years of cash, and that should ride out any down market for you. It's not always that simple, but that's why you work with a financial planner. You really want to start putting together a budget five to ten years before retirement of what you think your current spending is and what you think retirement's going to be. That's not easy. I'm asking you to look in the future. You may have a kid who, you know, goes to England to study, and the next thing you know, you're missing him so much, you want to fly to England to study with him or hang out with him when he's not studying. I don't know. That's a bigger budget decision than, say, if he goes to Chico. Chico! Do you remember Chico's the retail store? Off topic a little bit. Um, they sold what was referred to. I was doing a seminar once, and... Uh, I said, Chica is great because they kind of cut up, they color coordinate, they kind of underrule their clothes for women. And this one girl said to me, she goes, Chica's kind of, their clothes look kind of like a parody of a box of crowns and threw up on them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, elderly women are trying to look fashionable and that's their, that's their thing. A box of crowns that have been vomited up by a parrot onto a shirt. But it was a big investment for a while because they were literally saying, okay, this is a style ZZ1, and you match it with a shorts of ZZ1 or the shoes of ZZ1. They were under rowing it. So, like, you knew matching sets. It's crazy. That was a retail trend in the 90s. Next, uh, as you're approaching retirement, you want to start thinking about Social Security. And there's multiple strategies, and that's why I work with a certified financial planner, Brad Stacy from NewFocusFinancial.com. Do I want to take my bigger Social Security, or does the sugar booger, the spouse, does she want to take it early or late? Hers would be a smaller number than mine. Mine would be a bigger number than hers. Mine will grow bigger the longer we wait. There's a lot going on there. A lot going on in making the right decision. If you're over 50, the best thing you can do for retirement is, you know, max out your 401k and then add that $6,500 catch up, catch up, catch up, not Heinz catch up. Do you remember in the 1980s? And I, I, I keep digressing. And let's stop and pivot here. Uh, in the 1980s, Reagan had ketchup classified as a vegetable for school lunches. And the only downside about that is it's not a vegetable. It's just tomato sauce and sugar. And the sauce part is so watered down, it's no longer a tomato. In my opinion, but I digress. When you're 50-ish, you kind of want to start thinking about... When you're 45, you want to start thinking about long-term care issues. And that's kind of a, a weird one. My dad knew... 
he was going to outlive my mother. My mother was comfortably obese or comfortably plump her whole life. She's still alive 25 years after his death. She needs long-term care. We don't really have it. So it's just, it's using her assets. Um, he was a member of the United States Army. Full colonel. And uh, so he got some really nice retirement benefits, which are wonderful. But he didn't even play that right on survivor benefits and who gets what. He knew he was going to outlive her. As you're 50-55, approaching retirement, this is a small checklist. And uh, you can get a checklist like this at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. As you're pushing towards retirement, you've got to start thinking about your children. If you have a divorce or a pending divorce, you've got to start thinking about obligations and liabilities of each person. The grain divorce is a trend where once the kids get out of school, you go, I want to travel Europe. And she's like, no, I want to stay home and read books. I'm like, okay, let's split up or whatever. I don't know what happens. When you're 50, 55, it's really important to review your life insurance documents, your retirement accounts, your healthcare records. Start figuring out where all this is. Put together a power of attorney, maybe a trust, at least a will. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Dow is jumping 500 points after last week's sell-off. That's a big move. Apple is up 16 points today, up 6%. In a market that's up 2% roughly. They got a nice upgrade. Analysts willing to put not their money where their mouth is, but to put their, their reputation on the line and step up and say, this is what we're looking at. Same thing with Virgin Galactic. Two weeks ago, a darling on Wall Street. Last week, you did not want to be near that. They're up 9% today. Tesla up 6.7%. So as the markets recover, if last week you were really, really feeling, oh boy, I got too much Tesla, or oh boy, I got too much Virgin Galactic, or Apple, or Wells Fargo, or Sam Adams, or Sprouts Farmers Markets, Beyond Meat, whatever it is in your portfolio, you may have learned a lesson and said, I mean, I need to pull back a bit on that. Maybe it was a fund. I keep talking about stocks, but you know, I really want most of you to be in exchange-traded funds, index funds. Uh, mutual funds don't piss me off or upset me. You know, it upsets me. Wendy's. Boy, did Wendy's blow it. Or, or I don't know if I would have my logo, a red-headed freckled girl. <laughs> Power of logos, right? Wendy's CEO is still trying to figure out how we're going to compete with McDonald's and with Burger King and I guess to some levels Taco Bell, Starbucks, and other places that have uh, fast food uh, serviced for breakfast. And uh, in the past, they've made breakfasts too complicated for their employees to put together. Um, French toast sticks, um, pancakes on a platter. So they've figured out, like, how do we do this? Uh, 
so the product development of something like an egg McMuffin, where it could kind of be pre-made and wrapped up and people get the same thing and it's not that many components put in it together was pretty, pretty radical. So I pay attention to fast food because I think it's, it's great to talk about it on radio and television. Uh, it's just simple. You don't have to really think a lot about it. Coronavirus is in the news, and global economic growth is now expected to drop. That's real. When one of the, uh, excuse me, I got allergies, and they kick in right now every year. And sometimes I have to sneeze, and it doesn't come. So anyway, um, the OECD slash 2020 economic forecast from 2.9% to 2.4%. That's a pretty big number. It's not a recession. It's not going negative. But the headlines are still getting people ratcheted up in fear. I will be interested. Okay, wait, wait. Let me give you an example. The NCAA March Madness Tournament is right around the corner, right? If you look at the calendar, it says March 2nd. Beware the Ides of March. So the NCAA Tournament is right around the corner. The NCAA is talking about playing the games without fans in the stadiums. Okay, is that some sort of trick to get us to watch television? And uh, I know. And then after March, you start looking out and you're like, oh, the Olympics are coming up. So it's it's kind of like the fear that I have on the market right now is a big event getting canceled. And again, trade shows have been canceled regularly there's a petition right now going on to cancel south by southwest i don't know if people are overreacting or not i'm not a virologist i wanted to become a certified um mixologist <laughs> you probably don't remember this but i do in the 1980s wayne Rodonsky's school of bar uh, they would there was two commercials that just haunted me as a child it was the junery karate academy nobody bother me with a little kid going, you know, like maybe six, and he's talking about beating up men with guns. But uh, that one, and uh, anyway, I'm totally digressing, aren't I? Italy cases are rising 50%. Seattle has more infections. And I, I think the assumption, again, I'm not a certified mixologist, Wayne Rodonsky School of Bar. Um, come learn to be a bartender. Make good money after high school. But um, Italy cases are rising 50%. Seattle cases on the rise. And again, the problem with the United States is we're starting to see cases in the United States that look community past. Um, not like you're on a cruise ship. Like you didn't even go on a cruise. Not like you're in Iran or Italy <coughs> or China, but like you stayed in your, your <coughs> I was going to say hunting cabin, but I guess I, I'm stereotyping Pacific Northwest, huh? So Italian cases jump 50% there at 1,700. In Iran, infections double. Cases in Spain jump. South Korea jumped. Washington State declares emergency after the first death. China reported 35 new deaths. Um, researchers see the link between cases at about six weeks apart. So this, the headlines are not going to disappear on this. I don't think we're... I, I'm not changing the way I approach investing. I'm not radically changing the way I approach investing. I think that's better. <coughs> I don't want to mislead you. And I, I don't want you to uh, be lulled into a false sense of anything. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about um, money, investing, and more. I'm trying to find some good last-second stories for you, and there's not a lot going on out right now. There's no special alerts. There's nothing breaking. The coronavirus is bad PR. The coronavirus, which has caused more than 3,000 deaths now. Someone asked me earlier this morning, how many deaths are we at? It's ushering in panic. Uh, Artificial intelligence enhanced disease detection. Disinfecting robots. Apps for food shipments. A lot of, how shall we say, self-serve situations are playing out and Costco has seen a big jump in attendance. They say that their sales, not their sales, but their stores were busier than black Friday last year. So when the coronavirus, there are going to be some weird, weird winners on wall street. It looks like Costco is getting people to the stores and, once you spend that money, it's spent. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. One of the pundits out there just said, unless the Fed can create a vaccine or beat the virus... Rate cuts won't matter. I kind of agree with that. I'm seeing more and more conversation from people who are taking it seriously or maybe taking it too seriously. I don't know. I'm going to let everyone figure out their own health issues, right? With that said, I'm seeing more and more of uh, people just a little bit strained. And making decisions to not go out in public. Shoppers are flocking to Costco over the coronavirus fears. Hold on, I got to sneeze. No, I don't have uh, coronavirus. Hold on. Oh, it passed. Um, allergies. The Bay Area has had a very, very warm uh, winter. And the allergies are coming too fast. So you all get to enjoy mucus-filled Rob for the next couple of weeks. Shoppers are flocking to Costco over coronavirus. Analysts are expecting a sales boost. Isn't that funny? It's not funny. It is what it is. Oh, did you hear the greatest story of all? Costco's going to start policing their food courts to stop people or non-Costco members from going to Costco for dinner. I guess I get it. If you ever joined a country club and then you see someone gets, you know, same thing for free or you do a gem and two weeks later they have this massive sale, you're a little bit bitter. Shoppers are lining up in throngs at Costco right now. Costco shares were up 6% this morning. Shares have rallied 37% in the last 12 months. And it's holding up better than the overall market correction. Costco historically has handled out, handled, uh, crazy mindsets well across the United States hand sanitizers hand sanitizer sales are up 73% um, it's interesting it, it tells you a lot about America if you looked Saturday morning if you went 
people were complaining about the lines at Costco. So, and it's kind of funny. They're probably trying to go get Clorox, and they're probably going to get coronavirus from someone standing right next to them. I don't know. Something about Amazon delivery that feels a little bit better to me. And no, I'm not going that direction. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There was an interesting side story over the weekend, and I don't know how much you care about football. But Tony Romo signed a huge, massive deal where he's going to be the announcer on CBS Games, Game of the Week, I guess. Uh, what's interesting to note about it is he's making more money as an announcer than he did as a player. And that's got a lot of people a little bit upset. A lot of the players in the NFL, labor, they're saying, well, if you can afford to pay someone who's just talking about the game, not even playing the game, um, that's a lucrative payday. Deals expected to exceed $100 million and runs for more than five years. Starts at $17 million per year. He was a good quarterback, I suppose. He made $127 million during his career. And he'll make another $100 million just talking about... Not just talking. I mean, certainly. But the players are upset because they're like, we need to collectively bargain. We need to, to shut this down if... If the people are talking about the game or make it. And again, it gives back to that whole labor issue. Let's see if we can do a quick segment with CFP Chad Burton. Get a little financial planning perspective on life in the times of infectious disease. Chad? Now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Let's talk a little buzzword kind of thing that some of us really know a little bit about some of us know a lot about you know a lot about living trusts what do we need to know living trust okay well first of all i think that um you you have to realize that a living trust isn't necessarily a tax savings vehicle um what it is is a vehicle to avoid probate costs and also to make sure your assets go where you want them to go but your living trust can create other trusts called testamentary trusts that are created after you pass away. And those can save your family taxes or protect your heirs after you pass away. So it's very important to know what your living trust says. If you got a living trust prior to 2012, let's say, it is old and out of date. And it probably actually creates trusts at your death now. That will now cost your heirs money. It will make your heirs pay more capital gains taxes. So if you have a living trust and you haven't updated it in the last two years, you uh, probably need to do a massive amendment to the trust or just start over again. Um, because, it, again, it, most of these old trusts, Rob, they have these things called uh, credit shelter trusts or bypass trusts. Okay. And unless you're a married couple of well over $11 million, you probably don't want that. Um, you probably don't need it anymore because the estate tax laws have changed drastically, and most people's trusts still have that language in there. Um, and if you end up being forced to fund it because your trust says it, your heirs will pay more in capital gains taxes. So it's it's uh, kind of a issue where trusts save families' taxes yeah. until the recent law change, and now most people have trusts that will cost their kids taxes and actually complicate things. So you got to update those things. I'm going to be honest with you. This sounds miserable. This sounds like something I don't want to do. I don't want to look into it. I want to pay you to look into it. I want someone else to do it. Is that? Do you run into a lot of that with clients? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of the language that you read in there kind of puts you to sleep. Um, I really like to work with attorneys that put clear language in there. And then you can actually diagram what happens with your assets. Okay. Um, so certified financial planners can be good at that. And then the attorneys have to be there to create the language and, and, uh, actually execute the documents. But, you know, you should meet with your financial planner anywhere from one to four times a year, depending on how complicated your situation is. But you should meet with your attorney at minimum once every two years to review the documents. So it's not a one and done. If you've gone to a seminar and you walk away with a seminar with a signed trust document, it's a piece of garbage, shred it, put it in the garbage, and go see a new attorney. Because those seminar trust deals yeah. should be illegal, in my opinion. Yeah, no, some seminars really are, are pressure sales cookers and not good for people. Um, like you said, you know, we've talked about this in the past, where sometimes people get a 401k and there's suddenly a seminar for them. Roll it over and let's make a, a big killing on an annuity on this person. And why that stuff isn't illegal, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the big ones, it, it comes around every time real estate cycles kind of go up or market cycles go down. So when real estate cycles were, you know, when people had all this equity in their home and you could get a home equity line of credit really easily, there was that book that was out that was uh, something fortune. I can't remember what it is, where people take a home equity line of credit, put it in this uh, life insurance policy and, and get tax-free income in retirement. Huge fees, giant commissions, and now lately it's been, oh, look, your 401k hasn't done much over the last decade because we went through the Great Recession. So instead, pull this money out, put it into equity index life insurance, and look at how far ahead you're going to be. And the tax calculations are, in my opinion, criminal that, that these people show at these seminars. It's garbage, and unfortunately, Rob, they always end up closing some business at these events. You know, it's not um, only just the seminars, though, Chad. Sometimes it's like PBS. You could turn on PBS and you're like, that's a good, that's a good television network. They're, they're in the public service, right? But, yeah, they're funded by the government. So why would they have an infomercial, right? And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. How long will the markets take to recover? Or how long will the markets suffer through the coronavirus is a big looming question for a lot of people. There's good news and bad news. We've been through viral outbreaks numerous times we've been through recessions we've been through uh, high inflationary periods in the united states we've been through deflationary periods here in the world in the united states the good news and bad news here is is we have a boatload of stimulus with low interest rates on the table already and the Fed looks like they're prepared to act, as are other central banks. And I don't know what other central banks could do, because one of the reasons we kind of started getting into a slowdown in 2018, 2019, was our Federal Reserve was raising interest rates to say, hey, if something down the road happens, we need to have some ammunition to fight it. So now they have the ammunition. But again, we seem to be in this cycle of we're addicted to low interest rates. It helps us afford mortgages that we probably couldn't afford at higher interest rates. It helps corporations afford building buildings and looking for smaller return on investment, return on equities. So that's out there. The stock market is not the economy, though. So we're seeing real economic activity canceled. Flights. If you've booked a trip to Asia or Australia or Hawaii, we're seeing people cancel those trips. We're seeing the use of trip insurance go up. 
latest investment, latest you know uh, um, developments right now have investors pretty spooked. So, how do we recover from the coronavirus? I think it'll be more V-shaped based on low interest rates. And we also tend to have a very short-term memory. Like, do you remember when Ebola hit? Do you remember when H1N1? Do you like? Do you remember when Skylab, Space Lab, was going to fall on the Earth and someone was going to be under it and die? Like, we tend to build up these walls of fear, and then we tend to let them go pretty fast. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Growing stimulus hopes seems to be fueling the market short term. Last week was a brutal week. I'm pretty comfortable with brutal weeks. I posted on Facebook on my Cron 4 page a little Facebook Live video. If you don't know about it, you can go to, I guess, Facebook and figure out groups. Or you can find me by going searching for Cron 4 Rob Black. Um, I post a little, like, probably a five-minute, six-minute video of just talking about the market corrections and what they mean to me and what I look for. Check it out at Facebook. China reported the weakest manufacturing PMI and non-manufacturing PMI readings on record. Their inflationary readings, uh, they're going out and working, are pretty pathetic as far as historically where the numbers have been. It's like the OECD... um, had some observations over the weekend that basically said we kind of expect worldwide growth to go from 2.9% down to 2.4% this year. Now, 2.4% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's 2.4% for the United States. It, it's, it's okay. We kind of like our growth more at 3%. But we're the United States. When you start thinking to look at like Jamaica, you're like, they could probably grow faster than us. They could probably, you know, are you Honduras? You're like, yeah, they could probably grow faster than us. They're smaller. They they, they got they could like all they got to do is open one peanut butter factory. Like it's economic growth for that country. Like you could get kind of nutty when you're thinking about it. But two point four percent world growth isn't good because there's a lot of economies that are growing much, 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 much faster, including formerly China. Um, so central banks are starting to get a little bit worried about this and they're starting to prep. What can we do? Um, I, obviously you, you don't want just monetary policy. You want some fiscal policy out of your worldwide leaders. Uh, you want something that people can say, we got it. Hand sanitizer sales are up 73%. The, uh, Top surgeon, surgeon general in the United States was pretty scathing over this week. And he said, stop buying masks. Stop wearing masks. We need those for the professionals who are the front lines. And uh, you're probably putting them on wrong anyway, so you'll die. <laughs> he didn't say that, but that is one of the funnier things. that, like The things that people extrapolate and stress, it's pretty entertaining. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 
history is on the side of getting a roaring, not roaring, but getting a strong stock market in the short term. If you look at the history of market shocks, last week we would call that a shock. Uh, we lost a lot of points last week fast. We went down 10% faster than any other period of time in history. Barring an October 2008 plunge of 14.6%, every sell-off of 10% or more that happened over five trading sessions has led to positive returns just two weeks after the fall. So statistically, we're looking for a big two-week period coming up shortly. But the problem with that is, is I think the health threat that is the Wuhan 400, it's not the Wuhan 400, that's fiction, that is the uh, coronavirus, it, it's like a developing threat. So when we hear one case in New York, and it probably came through Italy, you're like, okay, they're still alive, they're still alive. So isn't it the theory, like if you see one, there's 100 Something along those lines. So all those people run around, shaking people's hands, fist bumping, and wiping sanitizer on their hands. Uh, so analysis of market corrections of 10% or more over five trading days since 1990 show that equities tend to rebound in the weeks to follow. And it, it can be pretty rewarding to jump in. In the wake of 9-11, and again, you're like 9-11, terrorism, people don't want to go out and shop. People were afraid of getting in groups. A lot of people were at home watching CNN to see what was going to happen. In the wake of the 9-11 tax, the S&P 500 gained 10.9% two weeks after selling off. Then it ballooned and even went higher. Um, so the silver lining to pullbacks and corrections... And do they turn into bear markets? Is that a whole another question? The silver lining is you're buying more stock, bonds, and real estate probably for less. You can buy real estate through the stock market too, don't forget. So the silver lining is, you know, door closes, window opens. And uh, much of the sell-off last week was about the spread of the coronavirus to the United States and its potential to disrupt economic production. Over the weekend, I think we lost two people. And again, they tend to be elderly white men uh, who have compromised immune systems at this time. So I'm not telling you to buy the dip. You need to come up with your own solutions, your own understandings. I'm going to tell you that I continue to max out my 401k and I continue to buy the dip. And I have a shopping list right now. If things get wildly out of hand, I gave you some of the ideas last week that I would be looking at. Tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and I should talk about that. Wednesday could be fascinating depending on the perception of, and I just want to say this, and I don't know if it's true, Biden versus Bloomberg versus Sanders. Um, all three of those would be different presidencies. Uh, so Wednesday is going to be an interesting morning. So the futures, Tuesday night around 6 p.m., you're going to see like Asian markets start to open up, and uh, they'll have like basic data on our elections, and you'll start seeing the reaction worldwide. It's going to be a fun week, so I can't wait for Wednesday. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Markets are, are notably higher today. But that's after a brutal week last week. We have a long way to go, but maybe a stabilizing day or two would be nice. 
keep in mind, as this story develops, the market's going to react in real time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.